Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. My name is Jason. I'm here with Brian, Tommy, and Caleb, as always. And uh, we had some things in our mind that we wanted to talk about and share with you guys tonight. So I'm just going to throw it over to Tommy, and he's going to get us started tonight. Yeah, so after talking kind of with the group, um, we haven't done a podcast in a while. And uh, I I think me and Caleb have kind of had some stuff kind of running through our minds about um, comparison and what that does, uh, I think, to a lot of people our age, um, I don't know, you, Brian and Jason probably deal with comparison in different ways, but I know me and Caleb, we deal with social media comparison, um, where people go to school, the jobs they're getting, all that kind of stuff, and just dealing with that whole thing as a comparison of how it affects the decisions we make, um, why we even compare ourselves to others when we know we're on a different journey. And so I just want to kick it off with that is um, what do you think you compare yourself to the most and why? Yeah, I think um, especially when it comes to social media, I think I compare myself to the most to what um other people are doing in the same hobbies as me whether that's like photography or video to see who's doing the most creative thing and you know in some ways that's to challenge myself in some ways that's to inspire me in some ways it might not be so good because I'm seeing how this person is doing so much better and I think another thing even like for me personally is I compare myself to people in the Bible just to like see their journey and my journey. And I think that's just to, I don't know, try and gauge where I'm at in some way. And I don't think, and I think we do that to anybody around us sometimes in our lives. And I don't think it's always the healthiest thing speaking for myself, but I think I generally compare myself to people who like would either be like a competitor to me or like an inspiration. So it's usually to push myself forward in some way. I don't know if that's the correct way to look at it because it definitely has harmed me in some ways in the past because I just don't see myself improving compared to where somebody else is at. But I think that's where I would compare myself the most. I think I have a, I have a question for you guys when, when you're discussing this, like you brought up Caleb, the competitive and then the inspirational side of things. Can you define for me what would be different about those two of you're looking at, let's say, a photographer and you're kind of looking at their work and how does your work compare versus looking at a uh, a photographer or a videographer and looking for ways to see what they're doing that can inspire you and, and push you forward? What what How would you define the differences? I think for me, when I look at that, the when I think competitor... I don't think competitor as a bad term because even some of my friends I would see as my competitors, but that's just to push me forward and to push them forward. So I think it's when I see a competitor, I think it's somebody who's at a similar level as I am and I'm looking at them to kind of motivate myself, not necessarily to be better than them, but to kind of push myself to be better for myself because I see what they're doing and they're pushing themselves. And then for someone who's inspiring me, 
it would be someone who I know is at a higher level and they're probably usually older than me or have more years of experience. And I'm looking at them to not necessarily push myself, but to give myself an idea for where I want to be in the future. So I would say like a competitor, someone who's near or around the same level as me from my perspective, and I'm seeing what they're doing to push themselves. And that's like seeing how I should improve myself. But then for inspiration, it's somewhere where I would like want to be at in the near future. Cause I just know like I'm not at that level. So that would be how I would differentiate those. My part of my question in that is as we're walking through this comparison, you're kind of almost bringing it up in a good way. Yeah. It could, it could challenge, it could make you feel less, but it seems like it's something that pushes you forward. But I guess that brings us back to a question that we've always talked about with identity. When I was thinking about this idea, Tommy, um, why, how do we take our identity and actually bring a comparison to the, to someone else? And I know that this could be at like so many different levels, but I think there's a, there almost is a harm in the comparison and, and maybe it's not, I mean, we have to compete. I like to compete, but are we competing to be like that person? Or are we competing within ourselves in the same genre to push ourselves further? Because you're still going to, even if you're a runner, you're probably going to run differently. You're going to have a different stride. There's, there's going to be things about you that will not be like that other runner. But maybe you're just looking at the times or you're, you're looking at that. So I guess the, the thing I'm looking at is how, what, what part of that is damaging? What part of that takes away our identity? And then what part of that is like this healthy side that we need that to push us forward? I think that's a really good point to the question of just like this comparison to me feels a lot of the time like I'm always comparing myself to someone who's better so I'm never good enough and so there's never this baseline of like I have a confidence in myself it's always like you reach a level of like confidence or ability or skill in something and there's always someone better and so I guess for me, it's more of a question of like, is that a healthy thing to do to myself to keep pushing to be better? Or is there a point where you should feel confident in your abilities despite anything else in the world? Like, are you okay with just being average at this, even though that's your best? Or should I always be looking to someone better and trying to improve myself? So it, it it's hard for me to wrap that around with identity because I feel like my identity is different from like my skills and ability, if that makes sense. That makes sense. And I, I think it, there's a difference between comparison and competition. I think sometimes that helps sort it out. And one thing I've, I've realized that going to college for music, it's all comparison, even in a Christian university, it's all comparison. The first week of class, you know, who's who in the hierarchy of, musicianship and skill and all that but i noticed there's a difference between the person who's really good and thinks higher of themselves because of that and looks down on other people because of that and versus a person that's really good and appreciates the people that are better than them and appreciates the people that are not as good as them as well and so that person when they you could say look down on someone who's less skilled than them they're you may you maybe could say they're comparing themselves 
but it's not, oh, let me compare myself to you to make myself feel better. It's just, you understand things, but you can appreciate them. And if you, if you're secure in who you are and what you're doing, then you don't feel the need to kind of pressure yourself over someone else who might be less skilled than you. But then you also don't feel pressured by people that are better than you that might be trying to do that comparison thing to make themselves feel better. It's really interesting to see how just the confidence in the identity, it doesn't remove comparison, but I think it puts it in its proper context, to be honest, because I don't think you ever create a world and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't think you ever create a world where you don't compare yourself to someone else on some level. I think you just understand more properly how to look at other people that do the same things that you do. Let me throw a little uh, thought at that is it in our old nature, we will compare ourselves because we want the value that comes from the comparison, which is really the ultimate driver because we're not doing any comparison unless we want, there's something in that reward or that accomplishment or that value or that praise or something that pushes that comparison. So my question would be is if you were secure in yourself, would you compare? Would, would you, would you, is that actually a trait that's from our new nature, from our new identity? Or is that a trait from our old nature trying to discover trying to release things into the world but really what we're looking for is the reward of that thing bringing us some kind of honor or some kind of praise versus we're comparing strictly just to see how they do it so we could learn i think i guess for a more personal example of why i kind of this topic has kind of come across my plate is similar to what you were talking about about being secure in yourself um uh for over this summer i've had a a job internship type thing and there's another kid my age who's doing the exact same job and man it has been like the comparison i was like i was like going into it i was like i don't really care like whatever like i know i'm good and then we're working together and it and it's like, whoa, he's really good at this. Like, should I be really good at this? Like, am I, am I far behind? Like, am I, am I not going to be good enough for this employer? Like, are they going to be like giving him everything because I'm an idiot and I can't do everything. And so it's just, it's really interesting to me how it, it just snuck out of nowhere. It was like, I'm, I'm different. I have different talents in him. And I knew that going into it. But then as soon as this came and it's like, I saw where the praise was coming from and I'm like, it was almost like I went back and it was just like, I just want the praise cause I'm not securing myself. And it's been, I mean, I've obviously like, I was at the beginning of the summer, I've kind of grown out of it, kind of understand where I'm at in the company, where, what my role is. And I understand we have different roles, although we're doing the same job or doing many similar tasks. We have different strengths. Like, I started to realize, oh, he's not so good at this, but I'm good at this and I can help him out in that area. And I, I found a lot of my weaknesses and I was like, yo, can you help me in this area? Cause I'm not that good. But it, I just think it's very interesting how it really does tie to that identity of like, are you secure in yourself? Like, are you okay with not being good at something and someone else being great at that? It's a great question. 
And, and as a Christian or as someone who um, is born of a new father, I guess the question comes, why would we, why would we compare with our brothers? I mean, really, isn't that the Cain and Abel syndrome? Not to get into that whole story, but really isn't the idea of comparison really isn't to be like, if we really get to the heart of it, it's to not be worse than. Like, it's almost more of, like, like if you were the best photographer in the town of 20 people and you knew you were the best, there would be a, this sense of confidence. But the moment I move you to a city where there's like a million people, all of a sudden you're not the best anymore. Now you're trying to find that hierarchy. And I guess, does it not actually strip away what we are of what we bring out? And so if that's our, our motive for comparing, because we do this in everything. We do this if if you're in ministry, man, that speaker's really good at doing this. Man, they look how many people they have coming. Oh, wow, see, they don't have many people coming. Look at the results that they're getting. Look at the results I'm getting. And all of a sudden this process comes and it's a, a very slow boil. And pretty soon you're not even yourself. You're just trying to find the mechanism to like, like I know, I know pastors that are church planners and when they got started, they're looking at all these other churches. How do they do it? Then they're measuring themselves when they go to conferences, who has a bigger church? What is their technique? Let's share common techniques so we could better grow. And the problem is that technique is only going to work for you in the most powerful way, not for someone else. They could use parts of it, but the way you utilize it is going to be radically different. So I guess the question comes, it's, it's more, it seems to be more than just what our society does, but it seems like everything in our society is geared around that comparison. I mean, we got it from virtue signaling, like, hey, I support this group. Hey, I really support this group. When the, when the truth is you don't, because your life would be reflecting that. And so how do we step back away from that and be everything that we are if we don't compare, number one, and how do we truly leverage what you said earlier, Caleb, that art of inspiration where I'm being inspired by the spirit of that person, but I can do it in the manner and the techniques and the personality that I've been designed in and the strengths I have and be fully confident in those things? How do, how do we get there? I would be curious to hear this from your perspective first, Tommy, because it sounds like you kind of went through that this summer with that pillar worker like what I guess like my question kind of intertwined with Brian's is like what did you do practically to like kind of see that to get to that point where you weren't comparing just for like the sake of proving you're better or you know like having him as an inspiration to be better at certain things and like that balance. Yeah. I think one thing just off the top of my head that I think has helped me. I don't know if I really truly realized until kind of going through this whole process of thinking about all this and especially with comparing with other things as well, is that a lot of the times if you like feel this comparison thing you have to like step back and kind of remove yourself from what you feel in the moment and how you feel in the moment 
and really just get back to like, okay, I'm securing myself, but I know I have room to grow. And for me, it was really realizing like, it's not what he knows, but it's like the mindset, the thought process behind what he knows, if that makes sense. Like those certain skills that he had, I could learn, but I could learn a completely different way. But it has to do with what does, how does he view the situation? How does he come at this problem? And I think that goes with a lot of different things of like what Brian was talking about, like ministry or work or owning a business. It's like, okay, yeah, you can have this really great idea and it could work. And I could copy that idea and it's not going to work for me. And like, why, why, why would that happen? It's because we don't come at it from the same lines. We don't come at it from the same viewpoint. We don't have the same mentality behind what we do. And I think that's something that I really realized over the summer is looking at how, how they viewed the situations and how, how they could solve it from a different perspective other than mine. And I think that's what's grown me the most is realizing like, okay, we come from different perspectives. He obviously has more skill in this area, but it's not the skill that I'm looking for because I can develop the skill anywhere, but I want to understand the mindset behind what he's doing to really understand if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'd agree on that. And I definitely like what you were saying earlier, Brian, like the, I think of the metaphor, like it's kind of cliche, but like there's a big fish in a little pond and then you take the big fish and you put it in a big pond and it's no longer the big fish that it was or like a little fish being in a big pond. And I think there will always be that, like in any situation we go into, there will always be somebody who's better than us. And there will always be somebody who's worse than us for the most part, unless you reach like, you know, you're an Olympic gold medalist and then, but either way, there will still always be that comparison. And I think like what you're saying, Tommy, you have to not compare yourself to others for the sake of proving that you're the best and proving that, yes, I have value because of my, how I can stack myself against other people. It's more, the there can be value in comparison if you're doing it to say, oh, these are areas I can improve in. It doesn't affect who I am, but like seeing what other people have as valuable tools can be valuable tools to me but I'll still do it from who I am and not worry about like how good I am compared to the other person when it comes to numbers or what necessarily I'm outputting like it can be used just for self-improvement as long it's really your motivation behind why are you comparing yourself to others and I think for people our age that gets really twisted really quickly because of social media, because everybody puts out the most perfect version of themselves onto social media, because that's what you want to present to other people. And so when you're comparing to other people, you're only seeing the perfect moments in life for the most part, you're only seeing the best parts of their lives. So when you're comparing in that situation, like it can become really twisted really fast because it's not really a real gauge for what reality is compared right. to. And so think about, think about what happens to people when, if you have an environment where let's say there's an athletic competition and it's person against person, there's an outcome. But what happens when the comparison is all highlight reels from one person, which is what a lot of social media is 
versus you experiencing all of your ups and your downs. So now all you have to compare yourself to is someone else's highlight reel. There is no way that you feel good about yourself in that comparison in if that's all that we're going on, or even I'd say if that's a majority of what we're going on to compare ourselves to or to see. In essence, when you were bringing up social media, isn't that how the psychology of how social media was built to begin with? I mean, if you look at the heart of what social media was, I'm not referring to electronic communication. I'm talking about social media. Like the like button was the thing that drove the dopamine to drive Facebook, which is part of the reason why when people say, oh, they need to build other platforms to compete. Well, you have to get into it. They didn't build this on just the simplicity of a communication platform. They built it on the idea that you would have the stickiness that you would keep coming back to that. So they played off of this comparison thing to drive you into that. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see what's going on, but once you see it, you, you just keep tending to drive in there. And so I guess my question that uh, we're, we're discussing, but we really haven't hit a bottom line is, can I be everything I'm supposed to be and never compare myself to another person? Let me throw this one out at you. The bracelet, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Be just like him. Can we all be just like Jesus? I'm not referring to the spirit of him. I'm not referring to the, the heart of him. I'm not referring to the fruit of him. I'm talking about, can we be just like him? Will you uh, brush your teeth the way he brushes his teeth? Will you comb the, your hair the way he combs his hair? We walk down the street the way he walks down the street. The only way we could really look at that bracelet is if we got the exact outcome by doing the exact thing that he did. And he never did anything the same way. So now how does that, how do, how do we do that? Little side note on the WWJD uh, bracelet, that was coined by a man by the name of Charles Sheldon. He was a Congregationalist minister back in 1890. It got adopted later in the eight, in like 89 with the bracelets, but that, that phrase was coined. And he was a Christian socialist who believed in equalizing everybody to be exactly the same. And that's where the phrase, what would Jesus do that we'd all be the same? And so I have a whole different look that I don't think we're spo supposed to look like in the mannerisms, the behavior, the, the behaviors and the actions like Jesus, but more, but we should be exactly like him in the spirit and the heart and the mind that he operated in. But your outflow of that will produce the results that are of that spirit, but they're going to be different because of what we are, the environments we're in. Does, does that make sense? That I, I think even with Jesus, we're not supposed to compare uh, his color shirt to our color shirt, his color hair to our color hair. That's the comparison that'll wreck us because you can never meet that. But if I walk in his spirit, I could be fully like him and be comfortable with him and be comfortable with what I am. It's still a growth process. That's still not easy. Um, but I think we've even lost it in how we do that idea. And I just want to hear your thoughts on that, if that's tying into some of the things you're thinking about too. Well, and having grown up in the era of those bracelets, or at least part of it, because I'm sure it spanned quite a while, um, what I actually found was there were times where that saying and that bracelet 
where someone was in a difficult situation. And I'm sure that phrase or that bracelet got them to stop and think, you know what, what is the right thing to do here? And maybe make that choice. But the vast majority of times it was, it was a condemning thing because you, you would look at that and then look back at your life and say, well, I clearly have not done the things Jesus would do. So I'm never going to be able to live up to that standard. And so it became this, this like almost like a shackle on your wrist instead of a friendly reminder bracelet of, yep, you're still not good enough, still not good enough, still not good enough. Here's the shackle on your wrist to show you're still not good enough. And it, it almost kept people down. And a lot of my friends eventually just stopped wearing them because, well, one, the fad wore out and it wasn't cool anymore. And then they realized they didn't really like it in the first place. But I, I was thinking about that. And <clears throat> I, I don't know if, if that can translate into the world. So it's one thing to have that, this idea of confidence in your identity in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, and you don't have to compare yourself and you can let other people inspire you and you can see things in other people and that let that internally inspire you to what is in your heart and in your nature. I don't know if that can be translated into the world because the world doesn't operate in that system. So how can you take that to a business that's, you know, not a Christian business. How do you take that to a society that's not a Christian society when their system is by definition comparative? I think the big difference here is like comparison for the sake of inspiration versus the com comparison for the sake of like self-evaluation in the sense that it's giving you value by comparing. And when I think about like when I compare myself to people or even if I compare myself to Jesus, it's not what he did that necessarily inspires me, but it's who he is and who he was and who he is. And even for people today that when I compare myself to like people who inspire me, it's not what they're doing or what they've done. Like, yes, that's a part. And that gives you an idea of who they are. But I think, um, like if you compare yourself to who they are rather than what they're doing, that will inspire you more. Like, like Jesus, like in just things like characteristics, like integrity, love, peace. Like when you compare yourself to that and say, is that like a part of who I am? Because I see that person and I want that to be a part of who I am. That doesn't necessarily affect like the results you're getting. Like it, it will, but you don't care about the results because you're more cared about like your internal. So I think what you're saying, Jason, with like in the real world, I think that can still in some, in some ways translate, even though like businesses are results oriented. I think some businesses who are doing it right, like they look at the value of like the employee and say like, does this employee have integrity? Are they hardworking? Like in all those things will probably give you the good results. So I think there is something there to like, what, what are you comparing yourself to? Like the results that they're getting or who they are as like a person and their characteristics that you want to take on in a healthy way, granted, like you don't want to like be like, oh, I want to just be that person. But there's things that you can look in that people have that inspire you. Like what you're saying, Tommy, like people 
like that guy having some things that he's stronger and better at and that inspiring you to be like okay I can improve in those areas but it's not for like the sake of you proving that you're a better person like you're doing it in a healthy way maybe that's the problem is we don't think we're going to get the results we want or need if we don't compare ourselves like that well that brings up a great point Jason you said asked the question earlier how do you bring that into the workplace so if we're looking at athletes, because many times Paul says, you have to run the race, which means there is a competition. And I think to compete and to compare are two dra- really two drastically different ideas. Because if we're competing, let's say we're all competing on a race, we're all gonna train differently. We're gonna run differently. We're gonna find where our strengths, where our weaknesses, maybe if it's a longer distance run, one of us will be faster in the first part. So we have to leverage that one of us will be faster at the end, one will have better breathing. So you start leveraging, but you get a coach around you that brings out those skills because it's outcome-based. What is the outcome of that race? So that's the part that's way different. You could see this in even just tech world. You had, let's go back, uh, Bill Gates versus Steve Jobs competing for Windows or, or Apple. You have one guy that's trying to find a product that everybody would want, the other one's saying, this is what I want to give, and this is what they're going to learn to accept. And so you have this, these two different, radically different ways of running those types of businesses, yet they both were accomplishing the same thing, but from a radically different viewpoint, you couldn't even compare the two together. Even if you go back and say, you know, I want to be like everyone that had the spirit of God in them, in the Old Testament. Uh, the, we don't, we'll do have to do another podcast of the difference between someone now and someone then, but just let's just use that as an example. Um, how did Noah compare what kind of boat he should build? I mean, how did David know how to build a kingdom? How, did, how in the world did Joseph know how to be to get himself to the place to fulfill his dream? I mean, every person's path is different and journey. So I think there has to come to a point that this idea of comparison, we have to look where it's originating. It really is something that holds you down, not lifts you up. Because even if you get to the top of comparison, here's what you become. You become an individual that you bring out your own uniqueness. Right? So look at great pieces of art. Look at Michelangelo. Look at all those. They went against the grain of what was the norm for comparison. And most of them didn't have any fame until after they died and people look back on go, wow, they brought out some original work. And that's what we admire. So I guess the question is comparison is really a slavery thinking, not a freedom thinking. If we're really gonna just break it down, but it could be we're talking about a term and we're using it in different aspects. So I think maybe that's why I'm trying to get you guys to clarify when you're comparing and we use that term Comparing means I take myself and put it to yourself and which one's better. And that's very different. Versus who produced the best outcome? Uh, Let's say there's a competition for an outcome. Um, And even that can get kind of dicey, but it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. I I agree with you. Um, But what would be the term then for like, like me saying like, uh, like I look at someone for inspiration because I'm not like comparing myself I'm just looking at their characteristics I guess that I would like to take on because that inspires me I think it's 
a good thing. I mean, I guess that's... Isn't inspiration a good enough word for it? I think so, yeah. Because yeah, I, would... I, I, know, I, know, I know you, Caleb, that you are a guy that kind of marches to a different drum, yet you're very much wanting to bring your gift to lift other people, so you're involved with other people. But you're okay just being you. So it seems to me you're more like trying, how do I improve the thing I love and enjoy? more than how do I improve myself that I am noticed as the better one or a good one in this field. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the definition of comparison. It's something else. No, no. So let me, let me read this to you. This is from uh, Randall Wallace who did uh, wrote the movie Braveheart and he was just getting ready to uh, for the Oscars for best screen for best uh, writer and the movie had just been nominated for all these Academy Awards for the production and all that stuff and he's going through this time of he knew this wasn't good to let them compare whether he had a quality product or not because he knew where the the author came from to write this thing and he just knew he should do it but now when all the the, all the publicity and everything starts stirring around he was just admitting he let himself go into that and he knew it was wrong but he it, it just kind of sucked him in but he made this comment so he's the one who did Braveheart he felt he did the movie We Were Soldiers directed that he directed and wrote Secretariat wrote a song for it um, he, he's pretty accomplished for someone in Hollywood we, we would say correct and he makes this point awards of any kind are traditions that have grown out of our natural pride and ego and our drive to look out for who is popular this isn't new the impulse that drives it so powerful and so potentially destructive that it's its own sin idolatry and when you take that little idea and you go back and look through how did the children of Israel keep falling into idolatry? It all came, they begin comparing what they were and what they had to what the nations around them had and were. And they saw themselves as missing something. So they adopted it. Most of the time they were not conquered by another nation and forced into a belief system. Most of the time, they chose the belief system and they slowly became enslaved into that world. It makes sense because even like you look at any school related thing, like, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the year, you know, giving out awards, which I've always thought like, you know, like when everybody gets participation trophies, I'm like, okay, that's just a cop out because we don't want anybody to feel bad for not, being as good as the other person I guess but so from that uh excerpt that you read from Randall Wallace do you think it would be fair to say that like he would be arguing that like any award system should be like removed like an award of recognition essentially well let me let me add something to it that they they added so his one of his mentors and good friend is a guy by the name of Laird Hamilton. And by the way, this is coming from the book, The Braveheart Life by Randall Wallace. Highly, highly recommend reading it. 
Um, it's really powerful. It shows how do you walk in some of the most hardest world, especially Hollywood, and still keep your identity and your integrity and walk through that. But he makes this point. So this Laird Hamilton, he was like this famous surf surfer. And he's the one who kind of, I think he's the one who invented the going out on a jet ski to the biggest wave and then getting dropped off up there. And he started doing things that no other surfers would be willing to do. And so there was this term that was used around his world is going all layered. In other words, going all in. So that's this guy. And he told Randall Wallace, he said, awards are never given for the sake of the person receiving them. They're completely for the sake of the person giving them. Because whoever's giving them is defining what it should look like, which begs the question, I do think our nature desires and needs glory. I think we are designed for glory, which means an, an approval, something put on you, something uh, um, portrayed over you to declare what you are right? I, we need that. There's something in us that requires that. And we lost that in the fall. But God said, I want to be your glory. So he says, I'm the glory and the lifter of your head. I, I want to be that. Which means we don't have glory without someone else giving us that glory. So like if you won an award, you don't have that award unless you go by the system that that award is in. But with God, he's the one who brings us in, and then he's the one who gives us that. And my question comes, something's missing when that's not enough, because idolatry will be the next thing that we need. And I thought that was interesting, even in the Ten Commandments, the, the loving God is number one, and don't have any idols, like those were the top two things because everything else starts trickling down of who you get your glory from will determine what behaviors, actions, thoughts, and all those things that will take place. I thought that was an, a, an interesting perspective and it's something, how do we start shifting out of comparison, being great at what we are, living in our strength, bringing forth what God has put in our hearts to bring forth, in his spirit, in his way, that when it's done, you can see the fingerprint of God. You can see Jesus in that. But it was done in a way only you could do. How do we do that? How do we shift our mind into that mode? Because it works in the workplace, because Joseph proved you could be a slave at the bottom and you could still run the country. So th there's a truth throughout history that this works even in the normal workplace, but how do we, how do we develop that? I think the biggest thing is to go and do what, like what you love to do or what you believe you should do without looking for the approval of anyone except God. And cause I think sometimes like even Christian circles, it's like, Oh, is this like, is this good thing that I'm doing or, is this good enough what I did? And I think if you go into anything looking for like validation from someone who is doing what you're doing kind of at a higher level or something like that, then it's going to kind of corrupt 
corrupt your motives because like if you look at joseph in the prison his he like interpreted the dreams of his fellow prisoners just because it's what he knew he should do and it's who he was not for the sake of like earning favor with anybody or validation from anybody like he just did it because it's who he was and i think if we take on those same characteristics of like going and doing things without looking for like the award or the validation and just doing it because it's part of who we are and what we know we should do i think that'll definitely like change our course and it'll be a lot more gratifying in the end because when you do that and you're not looking for the validation of other people, then you don't need that to keep you encouraged to keep doing it and keep going on. And like, that's not to say like, you shouldn't have like advice from leaders in your life or like, you know, you shouldn't have somebody guiding you along the way. But I think that's where the voice of the father comes in too from God. Like, you know, that that can be your voice of approval and your voice of encouragement, not anything that this world can do, even in the business world. Because the second you get that validation approval, like you're putting a limit on yourself from like from man, because you've reached the top, according to like you were saying, Brian, like the one who's giving the award, they said, okay, you've reached the standard. And that gives you permission to stop it. I feel like with God, God will always be pushing us forward to be doing more and to be improving, but not for the sake of improving, but just for like coming into greater understanding of who we are and who he is. And I think that's the biggest thing is like that motive to be pure in our hearts the whole time we're doing something. So then do we kind of look at God as the ultimate trophy designer and we're constantly chasing a trophy from him because it no, kind of seems like in that case we're just it's the same system of the world it's just that god's the one with the trophy now yeah i yeah i understand what you're saying there i i think um the difference is that i guess actually for anything you can't just do it for the sake of approval or you can't just do it just to have the award. I think like, because if you look at God as your father, you don't do it for the, you don't do it because you want to be approved. You're already approved by God. You're already approved by your father when you know you're a son and you have that identity. So actually what you're doing is not even with the end objective of that at all you already have that. And I think like sometimes in our lives, I mean, for me personally, maybe I don't feel like that if I like haven't achieved what I think I should have achieved, but I do have that. And that should be something that just propels me forward and encourages me because it's not about that. It's about like just doing it because it's who you are and like, you don't have to do it to receive approval from God or like a ward or trophy in the end, that doesn't really matter. And I think that's the difference, but yeah, that's a good clarification to be made because otherwise we'll always be chasing 
an award and a high award and that that'll never give us rest or peace or anything because we'll always be looking for the next thing. I think, I think from my perspective, kind of what um, I'm hearing is partner with God and hear what he has for you and what his goal for you to be is. Cause when you set your standards of like what you want to accomplish in the world standards, you become dictated by the person who is giving the approval or giving the reward. Right. And I think with God, you need to realize that you're running a different race and everyone is on a different race, but I think the same reward is there. If that makes sense. Um, like, me and Jason, me and Caleb, we're all we're all doing separate things in our life. We're all chasing different things. We're all doing other things. We're using skills and abilities in different ways, but the reward is still the same with God, right? Or am I off in that regard? Well, let me let me throw this idea out that just kind of really kind of hit as you guys are talking and I'm processing what you're saying. I think what really stands out to me in the mental switch that could happen in the world, you're running for a reward to obtain something for yourself, obtain some kind of value for yourself. But if God has already given us all the value he can give us to me, maybe what if we switch the perspective to, I want to do this so I can give something to him as a gift not because he wants it, not because he he's demanding it, but I want to give that because of what he's given to me. What can I offer? I'm going to pour everything that I am into bring out every skill, every talent, everything that I have, not to be approved, but because I am, but for the bigger picture, I want to give him something. And I thought it was interesting. His glory is the crown of our head. And when we see him, we give, we lay down our crowns at his feet. It's almost like we're giving to him what he gave us, but then he gives it back. But it's more of someone like if you loved him, you just want to do something for him. And I was just thinking of like sporting events, like like you'll see these these movies where so like someone dies or someone gets injured. So the team no longer is playing for themselves. They're playing for this guy or this person or this this event. And all of a sudden they play completely different. They don't even play. It's not even about them anymore. You can't even notice them. It's, it, there's something mobilized. And I'm wondering, that seems like to be more of the spirit within Christianity. And yeah, you accomplish a lot, but it's like you could walk away from it because your identity's not in it. You just want to give back to the one you love. But not because he's demanding it. You just want to. I think the one thing that just stuck out to me as you were talking, Brian, is <laughs> you I, you said something to the point of if you loved him, would you want to do something to give back to him what he gave to you? And that that is a whole different level of like, you know, you're accepted so much that you want to use that acceptance for them. And that is that is a completely different shift of I am doing this for me so I can get this 
It's no, I already know who I am. I already know who you've called me to be. I already know what you've given me. And I'm going to go do that to show you that I respect, I honor, and I appreciate what you already gave me. Right? Yeah, because you won't find anybody to compare that with. Your Mm -hmm. motive is completely different. But you're not trying to do it because you have to. You're not doing, you just, you so love him. What can I do? So now you'll be humble and learn. You'll go around other people that might be better at what you're doing to learn from them, to study. But now the motive is just to take every skill and concept so you could better bring out what you are. But if you did it and no one else saw it, but you gave everything that you were to something and no one else even recognized it, it would still be fully satisfying because you could say, Father, this I want to give you this. Like it would be completely different and so honorable. That's interesting because even in the, uh, like you were talking about with Randall Wallace, he was on the podcast with Jordan Peterson and he said something, I'm going to butcher it, but he said something along the lines of like, <clears throat> like um, art that is like truly beautiful or like a real artist will never like, do art for the sake of other people seeing it like they're just doing it because it's what they want to do and they know it's a beautiful thing and I think even in our lives like if like what you're saying Brian like if we were only to ever do things for the sake of recognition like recognition will eventually run out awards will eventually run out or we won't be able to get the best awards you know always but I think like it's so it makes your life so much more fulfilling and gratifying to do it for the sake of something outside of yourself in a way like if you're doing it for God like because you know you've already received everything you need from him that just doing it for him is like it just makes your life so much more fulfilling because you already have everything you need so everything you're doing is not to fill your own needs it's actually just for the glory of your father instead like what you're saying you know i'm thinking about this too in in family dynamics because we we always talk about god as the father which he is and so uh, i was thinking the reason my wife and i had kids was not so other people could see us having a family and say oh wow your kids are so cute like we like we didn't have kids with the goal being okay someday we're gonna take all of our kids to the store so people can see me and my wife and my kids that wasn't the point and when we decided to have kids we didn't ask other people we didn't pull everyone around us and say well do you guys think we should start having kids now do you think we should stop at one or two or three or a hundred we didn't ask anyone else because the point of our family was not for anyone else it was for our family now there we we do go out into the world and we do things and our kids Uh, you know, will go out into the world and they're learning to do that as well. And there's things for them to do. They have friends, they have things they're involved in. They have people they're going to influence in their lives and all these things. So we do, uh, our family does affect and influence the world around us, but that wasn't the point of it. And so my kids will never grow up thinking, oh my goodness, I better do X, Y, or Z, or I'm not really in the family. Like their identity is so secure because of who they are that those other things can just flow out of them a small example my daughter just learned to ride her bike a couple of weeks ago 
And I remember when she started working on it, she like some of her friends were riding their bikes without training wheels. And she wanted to do that too. And I told her, honey, you're going to be able to do it. We're going to work on it. We're going to practice. And it might take a little while or you might pick it up really fast, but it's going to happen. And so there was ups and downs in that journey. And at times she was looking at her other friends and maybe comparing herself to them, but it was the happiest moment ever. And she was so proud of herself when she finally learned to do it. And in that moment, it wasn't about, oh, let me go show my friends that I can ride my bike without training wheels now. It was, let me show daddy that I can do it. And I, I can't really explain that, that, what that meant or what that was, but there was something just so pure about her accomplishing something that was on her heart that she wanted to do and that I was with her in that journey to finally see it happen. And it, it was something that now she can ride her bike to the park with her friends and all that stuff. So there's a practical use for it, like the artist who finally sells a painting, but it wasn't for that. It was, it was for something deeper. And she probably wasn't trying to show you because she wanted to make you like approve of her. It was probably, she probably just wanted to show you because she knew you would be joyful in that and that you already approved of her but like it was well, just like hey look I can do this because you showed me yeah and that that's kind of the it's such a, a weird dynamic that's hard to explain because I I told her during the process like honey I'm proud of you and I know you're going to be able to do this and so there was that buildup where she was secure and confident even though she she, you know, we were practicing some days and she would quit because she'd get frustrated. But the day she learned to do it, she did come up to me and say, daddy, aren't you proud of me? But it wasn't, it wasn't like, Hey, I did this. So now you are proud of me. It was, it was more of just an expression of the thing that had always been there in the first place. And now there was, there was a, I don't know, I guess a tangible outflow to it. I can't really explain it more than that. Well, all, all this conversation, I think to Tommy, if you're going to be bringing this to a wrap, so I kind of want to just share my, a couple thoughts that really stand out. One, the whole concept of comparing how we initially started this com conversation. I think if you're in that mode, there needs to be a step back of why do I need value from that? What, what is, what am I trying to get from that that I can't get from you, Father? The second part is um, that we, that opened up some new questions, like, like Jason, you just brought up your daughter riding her bike. If she didn't see someone else riding, if she never saw a person riding a bike, there'd probably be no real like, wow, people are riding bikes. I wanna do that. There is an element that's important of things that we see that expand us or things that have gone before us to build off of. And I kind of want to remove that. I think there's a separate conversation in that. I'm, I think Tommy originally just talking about the comparison. But I think if we could shift our motive, we would bring out more things. Because if we are unique, and if we are have his DNA, but we have our own fingerprint at the same time, there's things we bring out that no one else does. So there won't be a measurement except him. And so we see patterns of it but we're gonna have to bring that out. But if we had the motivation, I can't fail at this if I 
pour everything of my life into it, but I'd have to be willing to do it even if man never approves of it. And so I think there's that, that, that idea that, that has really kind of resonated with me in this conversation and how to keep it from the idolatry, all idolatry side versus the healthy side that expands us, but our hearts clean of we're complete and we're now giving everything because we want to just bless him back with what he's given us. I would second everything you just said, Brian. Um, and I would just encourage anyone who's going through somewhat of a comparison or is now realizing, wow, I, I compare myself in a lot of different ways is exactly what you're saying is why, why, why do you need this validation? Where does this validation come from? And I would just encourage people to seek God and let him, let him become your validation. Let him become your source and go and do something for him because he loves you. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning into this uh, conversation. I hope you got something out of it. And um, a little bit of an update social media wise, you can follow us on Instagram now at mission 300 podcast. We got a lot of content we're going to be putting up there and starting some conversations, sharing some ideas. Um, so if anything stood out to you, feel free to comment wherever you're listening to the podcast or uh, follow us on Instagram as well. Again, at mission 300 podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in until next time. Keep the faith and stay in the fight.